Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. If you can't work out my accent, um, I'm Australian and my husband and I went to England in 1991 to plant a church and we were there 29 years. And 18 months ago, we went back to Australia. So um, there's certain things I still say like that's beautiful, which sounds very British. And when I'm in the right company, I'll say beautiful, just to fit in with the Australians who are really lazy with their speech. (laughs) So it's so good to be here this morning. I'm going to get stuck straight in. Um, God has really assigned to my life the anointing of a deliverer. And, and there's a hand of healing on me. And this morning, what's going to happen in many of your hearts, where there's been trauma deep within your soul, God, by His Holy Spirit this morning, is going to come with the invisible threat of heaven. And He's going to stitch up stuff within your spirit that you thought God could never touch. So I want you to nudge your neighbour now and say, get ready. God wants to touch your life this morning in Jesus' name. So I'm going to start this morning at this end of my life, and then I'm going to go back to the beginning. And um, probably about 20 years ago in England, I started a charity, and um, we started with one house and uh, one girl, and my, the desire of my heart was to love people back to life. And, and so we had uh, girls with anorexia come in and, and heroin addicts and um, all these things, and And God just breathed upon that charity and in 17 years it grew to having 180 staff and we were um, the largest agency in Britain subcontracted uh, to the British government rescuing victims of human trafficking. And in the last five years alone we had over 5,000 people in our care. It was just the most amazing, amazing agency we got to write the British government law on um, care of uh, victims. We got to train all the embassies in London on how to care for victims of human slavery. And it was just amazing. Now, I've deliberately said that to say, so you can see what God can do with a life and what can do with a story. And, you know, um, I'm reminded of this, the story of Joseph in the Old Testament when he went through incredible abandonment and betrayal And he went through so many things. And then we get to this incredible scripture where it says in Genesis 41, it says, because God has made me forget all my trouble and and all the trouble of my father's households, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And many of you this morning, what God's going to do today in this house, he's actually going to give you fruit in the very thing that you thought that you would suffer your whole life. And God's going to come today by his Holy Spirit and he's going to land upon the thing which you've suffered and he's going to launch you into something incredible. So I'm going to start at the beginning because it's a great place to start. And so the start is, I was born. There it is. And if you add up, I was born in 1966, long before any of you were a twinkle in anybody's eye. (laughs) I was born in 1966, and I was born into a home for unwanted babies. I was abandoned at birth, and literally, probably only six months ago, I found this place. 
and went to the outside to the house in which I was born. And I was given away, I was abandoned, I was not wanted. And I know now that I was never even hugged at birth, I was just given away. And for three weeks I languished in this, um, I can't remember because I was a baby, but apparently I did. (laughs) I languished in this single mother's home for unwanted children, abandoned, unwanted, alone. And then three weeks into that, a beautiful couple called John and Enid Stewart, who are now um, cheering us today on in heaven, they walked into this home in Brisbane. Now, two years before, they had gone in there and they had adopted my big brother, Robert, who is uh, blonde-haired and blue-eyed and fair-skinned. And they went two years later to go in and adopt me, who is, was dark-haired. This is fake. <laughs> it's a grey foil. <laughs> So they went in to adopt me, who was dark-eyed and, and dark-haired and olive-skinned. And they walked out because they didn't match my brother. And my mum told me some years ago that she said something arrested them and she now knows it was the Holy Spirit. And something arrested them actually after they had walked out of the hospital in their home and they turned around and they walked back in. And thus I became Jenny. Are you ready for my second name? You'll need healing of the memories. (laughs) Thus I became Jenny Enid. I'm glad now because my mum's in heaven and that's her name. (laughs) But thus I became Jenny Enid Stewart and I was adopted into a beautiful home with parents that loved Jesus with all their heart. But what you've got to understand in a little unwanted baby, an adopted girl, that there was always this amazing sense of rejection and insecurity and a lack of acceptance in my heart. And my mum told me later that as a little girl, she can never remember one time that I had a friend over to come and play. I just could not attach as a child. I am am a walking miracle. I could not attach. I couldn't I couldn't make friends. It was like I would make up stories to people about who I was because I didn't know who I was. And then I remember a time when I was probably 11, 12 years old. Now, I've worked with many young women over the years now, and when you have this deep sense of rejection, which some of you have in this place today, and God's going to come and touch you. When you have this deep sense of rejection in your soul, you can flick a number of ways and many, many people flick off into addiction and, and all sorts of things in their lives. But I flicked the other way and I became the perfectionist. And I remember the moment when I was about 11, 12 years old when I decided that I was going to prove that I was worthwhile being in the world. And I decided I was going to be good at everything. <laughs> and so I became the girl that you really hated at high school. So I became the straight-A student. I was the, the um, house, I was the school captain of Brisbane Girls Grammar School. Yes, I was. I was the hockey captain and the house captain. I was the, the um, school champion athlete. I, I laugh now that actually what I was doing was developing artificial hips because that's my superpower. I have two artificial hips this morning, folks. And these heels are killing it, but you've got to look good in San Diego. So you've got to go there. And I became the person that everybody thought I had everything together. 
And many of you are sitting in this place together and to all intents and purposes this morning, you look like you've got everything together. But I want you to know this morning that God, your heavenly Father, knows what's going on inside your soul. And he wants to come by his Holy Spirit and heal the hurt and the pain and the trauma. And he wants to propel that hurt and pain and trauma into something mighty because that's what my God does. So I'm going to go fast because I want to really minister this morning. And so I went through my teen years and then literally two weeks after I finished high school, my beautiful adopted dad, who used to come to all my races and stand in the stands watching me develop artificial hips. (laughs) And he used to watch me run. And then just all of a sudden, two weeks after I finished high school, my, my dad dropped dead. He was 65. And I was all, already a girl that was very alone in, in my heart. And I remember that next year I would just, I deferred going to university. I was so broken. And, and that year I would go into my bedroom every night and cry. No friend, I really had no friend in the world. Like I said, I'm a miracle. <laughs> and I would I'd sit in my room and I'd cry out to God. And do you know what? When you cry out to God, he meets you. And when at 17 years old, I used to look forward to coming home from work because I knew the Holy Spirit was waiting for me in my bedroom. And I encountered God in the most incredible way at 17. Long story, went to Bible college, met the man of which for 37 years I've been married to, and he's driven me insane and wonderful all at the same time. My husband is a genius. And when you're living with a genius, you go slightly psycho. But long story, when um, God called us to England. Now, you've got to understand that I was a woman ministering that was completely broken inside. And if I want to give you a tip for free, if you keep ministering and loving on people, even when you're still experiencing pain, God the Holy Spirit sneaks up behind you and heals your heart when you're not looking. Just keep giving, my friends. Just always keep giving. And so we got to the UK and four months after we church planted when I was four months pregnant and moved across the world, like, really. (laughs) And when my son was born, who's now six foot three and 30, lives in Sydney, loves God with all his heart, that's the best thing a mother could ever do. (laughs) I thought to myself, you know, I owe it to my son to deal with this insecurity and this rejection and this pain that's in my spirit because I didn't want to bring that down another generation. And so I decided at that point in my life, I thought this is the moment at which maybe I will solve all this pain by finding out where I come from. And so at that point, they just changed the law in Australia and I could uh, get my original birth certificate. And I came back to England and my name was Kim Ann Salter. So just call me Kimmy. And there was my mother's name on the birth certificate and an address where she lived when I was born. And there was no father on the birth certificate, but that's okay. And so I rode off. It was a cattle station way out in the bush in Australia. And I rode off to this address. And, of course, those properties are handed down through the family. And so I found my birth mum, who's five foot one. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) And we, we wrote back across the world for six months and I discovered I had uh, four half-brothers and a half-sister. 
One of my brothers played rugby for Australia. You don't even know what rugby is. But basically, rugby is like real football because they don't wear protection from head to coat. <laughs> and so I move back. We fly back to Australia six months later. And I go to meet my birth mother right in the middle of Brisbane. Now, I've never been so nervous in all my life. And uh, I got my mullet perm. Fashioned into a French plait for the day, and I wore extra large shoulder pads for the occasion. Do you know there are some fashion faux pas that you should never repeat? That was one. And so I go and meet my mum, beautiful Heather. And I, I want you to know this morning, I called Heather before I left Australia. And I said, I'm sharing my story. And she said to me, well, finally, this story is going to be used for something good. And so I sit down with my birth mum and we talked and I showed her baby photos and she cried because she'd never seen me. And then she said, Jen, I suppose you want to know who your father is. Now, you've got to understand I lost my dad at 16 and there was such a cry in my life for fatherhood and... And, and I thought in this moment that I was going to solve all the issues that I ever had in my soul. And Heather looked me in the eye and she said, Jen, I was gang raped and you're the baby. Now you would think, and I thought that I was going to find in that moment all my solutions. And I remember on the day in my spirit thinking, God, I felt unwanted before. And in this moment, Father, I feel more rejected, more dirty, more unwanted than I'd ever felt before. But then, God. And this is what I really, really want to share with you this morning. But then, God. And then God began to lead me in a journey that's been the rest of my life. And he gave me my life verse, and it's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And the verse says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. In the words of your president, I am the even. I am the baby of a rape. I am the girl that had destiny written all over my spirit, my heart and my life before I was even conceived. And God knew about me. And I want to say to you today, for those of you that have trauma in your spirit and have experienced stuff, there's destiny written all over your life today. And then God began to lead me to a passage of scripture, which I'm going to read, which is my story. And it's such a beautiful picture of what Jesus does for us, of the love of God. And it's from Ezekiel. And it's Ezekiel 16. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. 
Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by. It says, then I passed by and I saw you. This is, this is our Jesus. Then I passed by and I saw you. Kicking about in your blood and as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. I made you grow like the plant of the field and you grew and developed. And then there's this X-rated section in the scripture here next, which we only talk about in women's conferences. <laughs> it's probably on the screen. Yes, it is. <sighs> and later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you a solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. And I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put fine sandals of leather on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewellery. This is for my husband. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck. And then it says at the end, because the splendour I have given you makes your beauty perfect declares the Sovereign Lord. I want to take you back to when I said about Joseph right at the beginning, that God caused him to forget all his troubles and God caused him to be fruitful in the land of his suffering. And now I'm really going to preach. That was the story. Because your past can either be a container or a springboard, folks. And it's our choice what we do with that. And I remember the moment, and many of you are going to have that moment this morning. I remember the moment when God said to me in a meeting just like today, okay, Jen, this is your choice now. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a victor? Are you going to allow me, that sounded so Australian, are you going to allow me to come and land upon your life and use your story? What's your choice? And God began to promise me three things. He said, Jen, I'm going to give you divine forgetfulness, which is really handy at 56. (laughs) Because it's divine when I forget. (laughs) But what I'm saying is we can never change our pasts, but God gives us the ability to forget the power of the trauma. And many of us have been through things that traumatize us, but God, by his power of his spirit, can come and give you forgetfulness. I don't wake up thinking I'm the baby of a gang rape. I wake up thinking, Dave, get me a coffee. he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He gets me coffee every morning in bed. What a good man. (laughs) The Bible tells us the past is not a great place to linger. We Christians love to kumbaya around pain. We love love to get the marshmallows and toast them on the fire 
We especially love to watch our pastors hoping they're watching us doing Kumbaya. But Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Behold, I do a new thing. Are you not aware? I'm not the baby of a gang rape. I'm the daughter of a king. Come on. God wants to speak a new word over your life today. It's time to stop draping our lives over in consequence. Do you know when I lived in England, the girls, what they do is they go out late at night, right, and, they, and it's really cold. Like seriously, the people in Australia say it's winter. They don't know they're born. And these girls will go, it's like two degrees in their little short skirts and stuff, right? And they'll just sort of like drape themselves in town. I just wanted to go out with the Ministry of the Blanket. Because I'm thinking, you are just circling around in consequence here. Go home. But that's what we do. We just circle around in consequence when God wants to move us on. You thought I was nice. Sorry. The second thing God promised me was divine fruitfulness. There's nothing that you have gone through that God doesn't want to bless and give fruit to. I had no idea when I was 28, 29 years old when God challenged me that Sunday and said, what are you going to do? I had no idea the thousands and thousands of lives that stood on the other side of one decision. I had no idea what God was going to do with it. I had no idea that I would go and meet two British prime ministers because of what I did. I had no idea what God had on the other side. When I made a decision, and God wants to give you divine fruitfulness. God wants to bless your world, however painful and restrictive it has been. Your story was not meant to be dismissed. It is meant to have fruit placed upon it. I remember a day, probably three years ago, and I couldn't Instagram what I was doing. You know, that was the days where you just did stuff for Jesus and you didn't show off about it. I couldn't Instagram what I was doing because I was literally hiding people. I just, I had one moment when a trafficker came after me, but he didn't realise that I had thousands of angels surrounding me. Like, go away. So I was hiding people. And, you know, I I remember just this one. We had drop-in centres in, we had 14 homes across England and we had drop-in centres and the the traffic victims, the women were trafficked for uh, sexual exploitation, the men for slave labour. And I remember one morning walking in and I was tried to find the picture on my phone, but there's 30,000 pictures on there, so I couldn't find it. <laughs> and there was 35 prams sitting in the foyer. I took a photo of it because I realised that there were 35 babies of rape. And they were me. God wants to make you fruitful in the very land of your suffering. And John says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. And many of us feel with the pain and stuff that we've gone through in our life 
that it's worth nothing. But I would say this morning, there are thousands of seeds in this room. There are thousands of things that God wants to breathe upon and cause you to become a mighty oak. And the last thing God promised me was divine authority. Do you know the amazing thing about Joseph is that he ended up second in charge of the land in which he'd suffered. He'd been under the floorboards of the palace. Many of you might feel this morning that you're under the floorboards of life. And I want to say to you today, God's got your resurrection coming. And God took Joseph up through the floorboards and he became second in charge of the land. I could preach to you on anything, on the tabernacle, never have, never will. (laughs) But if I did, broken hearts will be healed in every service because God's given me an authority over brokenness. That's what he's given me. And God wants to give you this morning authority over that which you have suffered. Because that's what God does. He makes us fruitful in the land of the suffering. He wants to give you authority in the very area and the very thing that you have gone through. God's assigned to me the anointing of a deliverer. What's God assigned to you? What's God going to give you as you draw a line in the sand today and say, Jesus, I'm stepping out of my pain. I'm stepping into my purpose. What the enemy intended for evil, God wants to turn for good. And I'm going to step into that today in Jesus' name. Right. The good bit happens when I shut the iPad. (laughs) But let me say this. I remember one day I was complaining to God. Now, I know it's only me that ever does that. I was complaining to God because all my life I've had to shore up my, my spirit with scripture. I, I have a default switch of rejection. I'm aware of it. We all have a default switch we have to shore up. And I remember I was complaining to God one day and saying, God, why did I have to be born this way? Like, all my life, it's like a spirit of rejection has tried to chase me down. And I remember the Holy Spirit breathing on me and saying this. He said, Jen, become what you were never given. There's no reason why you have to repeat what's gone before. Become what you were never given. And then the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, Jen, develop shoulders so large that on your shoulders people can climb and touch the heart of God. I wonder if I could have the musicians back. Do you know they're really, really fast in this country? All over the world you ask musicians to come back and they're usually having a ciggy behind the shed. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're like floating leprechauns that appear and they're coming. It's It's all good. This is what's going to happen in this next, we've got 10 minutes. Paragod's going to come. Are you ready? I know what happened. I gave it, it was 11.04, not 10. And they were having the ciggy behind the shed, weren't they? (laughs) The paragod's going to come in this room. There's two things that's going to happen this morning. 
For some of you, there's brokenness that's been in your spirit. For some of you, for years and years and years. And God's going to come by his Holy Spirit with the invisible thread of heaven and he's going to stitch up your heart. Holy Spirit just spoke to me. There's some in this room that God's placed dreams in your heart. I remember the moment it was in Sydney, Australia. I went back for a conference and God spoke to me to start the charity. I had no clue. This is for someone this morning and I remember saying to God, how do I start? And I remember the three words that changed my life. Jenny, just start. For some of you today, God's placed a dream in your spirit and you need to step out of your pain to start to step into the dream. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. These are great. Yeah, they're fabulous. I'm the world's worst. I'll do it because my husband gave me strict instructions. Okay. I just want to get to the good bit. This is nonsense. This was a, this is 80 days of quiet time taken straight from my journals. And I wrote it when my mum died, my adopted mum died eight years ago. And my son moved to Australia six weeks later. And, uh, yeah. And that's good too. The third group this morning are people that need to draw a line in the sand. You've kumbayaed and toasted marshmallows a day too long. And it's time to move on. I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning. We're going to respond to God. And from being here this weekend, I realise you respond to God really well. In churches around the world, this is what I do, right? Um, Because there's not this atmosphere. So I usually warn you. I warn you of two things. One, I'm an iron fist in a velvet glove. And two, I'm going to count to three. We're going to have a bit of a zoo. Is that okay? All right, okay. I'm going to count to three. But I do three really, really fast. Because what's the point of hanging on, waiting for the middle-aged lady who needs a new sports bra to be the first at the altar? (laughs) You know what I mean. So I'm going to count to three. And if you need God this morning to heal your brokenness or you need to draw a line in the sand this morning, I'm going to count to three and you're going to come to the altar. And God's going to change your life. Are you ready? One, two, three, right across this place. Come to God this morning, right across this place. Come right on forward. The power of God's going to come and God's going to touch you and heal your heart and do something amazing. Oh, there's a dream in your spirit. There's a dream in your spirit. And God's going to this week give you strategy for that dream. And he's going to show you what you need to do. That's it. That's the words, clear and simple. Keep coming. Come, 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 come. I'm sorry, Pastor Becky. Okay. Oh, I like you. Is this your man? You guys, you're the kindest people. You're just the kindest people. 
And there's something within you that's thought in your hearts. I, I feel a bit useless, like I, I don't know what to do with my kindness. And God's opening an avenue for you. I can, I can see it in my spirit, an avenue whereby you're going to have, you're almost going to, I can see you sitting in a chair at the end of the day very soon saying, my feet are so tired. I've done so much. I've done so much. God's got a whole new thing for your lives. And I just feel, I know it's, it's trite to say it, but it's not over. It, I can see in my spirit almost like you've moved for purpose, but you're not sure why you did it. And God's going to make it really clear. He's going to love you guys in such an incredible... There's, like, you're the sort of lady I just want to like, please give me a hug. Yes. Isn't she? She's gorgeous. I need you in my life. <laughs> I want you to raise your hands to God right across this place. I'm sorry, I, I keep getting words for people. <laughs> you young, young man so much there's been so much there's been so many things said about you but you've not believed them and God's healing you today can you can you just squeeze through I'm so sorry that sounded so British too. I'm so sorry they're so polite in Britain father in the name of Jesus every bit of pain I pray that you'd turn it into purpose. And Father, those moments when he feels so alone, Lord God, I pray that you, God, the Holy Spirit, would sweep into his room and touch his heart. I can see people apologising to you. People that you thought would never say sorry, I can see apologies coming into your life. And God's going to do such a restorative process in your world. It's going to be really, really powerful. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm just blown away. Do you know what I'm blown away by? The potential that's at this altar call. You don't know what's on the other side of your decision. You don't know what's on the other side of this today. Is this your wife? You don't know what's on the other side of this today. Nobody really knows what's in your heart. He does. And you've loved her. You, you have loved her. And I feel like God wants to say to you today, thank you. Thank you for loving my beautiful daughter. God's about to come upon you two right now. And he's going to solve some stuff. You thought you could never be free of pain. This is the point at which I wish I didn't have artificial hips and I would leaf off the stage but if I leapt off the stage it might be an emergency so we won't do it I wonder if you could just step forward just slightly so I don't fall into the like stage dive it wouldn't be pretty Father I pray right now in the name of Jesus for total healing Father in the name of Jesus I pray that you would come by the power of God deep in her heart right now And Father, I thank you that there's purpose buried within the pain. There's purpose, Father. Before you were born, I knew knew you. Before you were even formed, God knew about you. And, and, And there's been family stuff that's 
it keeps coming back, trying to batter you, batter you, batter you. And God says, I'm going to give you such a resilience in your heart. Even from today on, your response will be different. And you'll have an ability to speak to atmospheres instead of atmospheres speaking to you. There's going to be absolute change over both your lives today in Jesus' name. Right, I'm going to pray. You ready? The power of God's going to touch you. We've got two minutes and 33 seconds. Okay, you ready? Don't look at me. I can't help you. Jesus can. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority this morning in the name of Jesus over brokenness, Lord God, that has held so many of these people back. And in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray right now over every rejection, insecurity, pain, lack of acceptance. Father, I take authority in the name of Jesus that it will no longer have any stronghold over these lives from today on in the name of Jesus. And Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, Father God, I come right now for those that are drawing a line in the sand today. And Father, I pray that you'd come by the power of your Spirit right now, Father, and you would pick up these decisions. And Father, we thank you and we prophesy into the spiritual realm this morning. And Father, we thank you today, Lord God, for the thousands and thousands of people that lie the other side this morning of these decisions, of these people deciding this morning, Lord God, that Father, their past will no longer contain them, but Lord God, it will literally be a trampoline into a greater future. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Father, that you are the great healer, that you are the great physician, Lord God, that you are the one that comes. And Father, I thank you today from this day forward in the name of Jesus. Jesus, oh God, I want you to give him a hand of praise right now and thank him. Thank him for what he's done in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.